comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is Logan Stump. How's it going everybody? How's life? Well, everybody can't answer you, but I will. Wow, that was rhetorical though. It's been okay. Uh, We got a big show i guess for you we got a special guest dave denholm of lafc radio on espn radio uh covers their games over there i was talking about him last week right mm-hmm. we got him on the show so we'll have him on later in the show uh but uh yeah we're gonna get started with uh, you know we'll talk gareth bale with him i'm sure we'll talk uh gareth bale's debut goal i mean not debut goal first goal but just a follow-up with what we talked about last week, Tati Castellanos officially is now being loaned to La Liga Club Girona FC through June 2023. Um, how on earth is this is this still a loan? I, I think this is the downside of dealing with City Football Group. Right, because they obviously want him to be able to sell him for more at some point. So they're trying to get him over there, test it, you know, test him out, move him on after that. I think if this was any other club, we probably would have gotten an offer that would have been more suitable money-wise, and they probably would have moved him on. But it seems like they really stuck to the 15 million valuation. They don't get that, so they're just going to loan him to one of their own teams and hope that they can flip him later. But I think NYCFC, here's the thing, too, about dealing with City Football Group having multiple teams. It's just another one of their teams that they're loaning them to. But it almost feels like NYCFC doesn't actually get any benefit from this at all. This was another club like Philly where they're getting sell-on fees, where they're getting more money, where they're able to get money that they can put back into the club. It doesn't seem like that may happen with this weird structure that NYCFC has. What are your, What are your thoughts as a – as a city football group fan of Manchester city. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think you make a good point too. I think the, the valuation goes up as he plays in La Liga. I think people look at the market in MLS and they say, okay, well, typically good players coming out of MLS only get you about, you know, 12 to 14 million. Like we give you 12 to 14 million and you give us the player. 
I think NYCFC and City Football Group look at it and go, we want more because he's that good. He's a uh, golden boot winner. He is somebody that is going to score a lot of goals. He's going to be a very good uh, striker in this league and other leagues or wherever he might end up in the world. Um, so I think that their thought is, why not bring him over to La Liga, see how well he does here, and then maybe you're pushing more like 25, 30 million um, because I think City Football Group want more money out of that deal. Because I do feel like uh, whenever City deals with anybody, I do feel like they are hard to deal with because I think they just want to collect more money. And the more money they can make off of smaller investments, the more likely it is that they're going to sell. Um, and it, it is. It's it's gotten to that point where I'm starting to feel like it's more of like they see Tati Castellanos as like a 30 to $40 million player and maybe bringing him over into Europe and having him play in Europe on loan, even though it is on loan, and then say, okay, technically we have him over here. How much do you want for him now? His value goes up as he plays in some of these bigger leagues, one of the top leagues in the uh, in the world. So I think that's something that City Football Group has always done and will continue to do. Um, it's just too bad that they won't use that investment money on a stadium, right? I mean, <laughs> it seems like only that would be fair to build them a stadium for, uh, I guess, letting this player flourish who hadn't really flourished wherever he had been. Yeah, I think um, that's kind of my downside of dealing with them and with Red Bull, right, is that yeah. I feel like those teams don't come first for these organizations, so they have no need to care. Mm-hmm. That And why they already have the money, right? When you're dealing with MLS roster rules as it currently stands, getting just cashing in on Tati, let's say they didn't get an offer of $15 million like they wanted. If, let's say if they just lowered their price to 12 that would help NYCFC a lot, right? I think, if that was money going directly to them. Right now they have to just worry about getting money from the city football group itself. I don't know. It's just one of those things that, it sucks. I, it sucks keep seeing them buying clubs, too, uh, City Football Group. They now have a La Liga team. They have – I think they're trying to get a French team, or they did have one. They have a Brazilian They have team. an Australian league. They have – bought a Brazil club, too. Brazil, yeah, that's right. They just did that. It's too much. Too much for me, anyway. Okay, so just wanted to kind of update that. So NYCFC not really getting any money for him, and – I'm sure maybe they will uh, after this loan, but if not, I guess, I don't know. I I feel like this is always like creative financials when you're dealing with in City Football Group or Red Bull. I'm not sure who's actually getting the money. Yeah, the money just goes to the Nucleus Group, I think, and then they invest right. it in the Etihad building, you know, better locker rooms or whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay, well, we had a huge storyline with uh, Bernadeschi and Insigne debuting for Toronto FC. They beat Charlotte 4-0, and Bernadeschi became the first player to record a goal and assist before halftime of his first MLS appearance since Freddie Montero in 2009. Uh, Bernadeschi is uh, 28 years old, recently played for Juve. Um. So there you go. Uh, he also is the second player in club history to score a goal and register an assist on his MLS debut. Before that, for Toronto, it was Pozuelo who did that, uh, who, who's now at Inter-Miami. 
So uh, there you go. They, they came. They came in and uh, Bradley scored off of an. I think that was the Bernadeschi assist uh, that happened there, or uh, no, it was Insigne's assist. Oh, they were both providing great stuff here, and Bradley looked like he was 25 years old again. He <laughs> scored four um, nil for Toronto. Is this the bump that Toronto needs, and do you think that they can sustain themselves now and maybe start climbing to the the playoff spots? I mean, it's definitely realistic. They're only six point off of the seventh spot, um, and the teams in front of them—they—they're they, those teams that really just are not really fighting for anything. It feels like they—they've just kind of been treading water. The only one that have been playing well has been the Fire because they've won three straight. But it seems like everybody else is losing games, dropping points here and there. So it's a matter of which team you know starts collecting points. But with probably one of the best attacking fronts now between those two, um, <laughs> it, it, they could really make a run here it'd be really exciting i mean it's what it's 12 games left or something like that so you got 12 games to really prove that this is uh, an experiment that's going to work out and so far so good i mean four nil over a charlotte team that's ahead of them in the table in the eastern conference i mean it was a smashing result and like you said uh michael bradley looked like he was 25 again i mean he really did look like he was in command of everything on that pitch um and i'm sure bob was pretty happy with the result because i think he's He's got all this at his disposal. And then as guys start to kind of gel together, I mean, could you imagine what this team could really look like if they ever found a defense? Yeah, I know. That would be uh, that would be great for them. Their defense <laughs> is awful. Like if they can do the just a little bit better defense. Yeah. Uh, they would be really set, I think, going forward. Um you know, it's never too late. That's what we've been saying, right? Uh, when Seattle brought in Nico Ladero and went on to win MLS Cup, they were they were not near the top. Uh, he came in and changed it. Reynoso came in and changed Minnesota mm-hmm. for their run in 2020. Now you have both Bernadeschi and Insigne coming in together, both of them on the younger side than on the older side, and both of them that can um, provide that bit of magic, I think. So, hey, <laughs> it's not too late. Like you said, they're only six points back. Um, and like you said, some of these teams are, are not – look, if Chicago Fire can climb their way to ninth from last place really quickly, then I think Toronto can move on up quickly as well. And how notoriously bad they've been all year. I mean, if you look at their average attendance – 24,000. I mean, that's pretty high up there. If they were in the Western Conference, they would, I think, be the third in attendance um, as far as average attendance, which is impressive. So, I mean, that stadium is always going to fill with people because that, I mean, Toronto is a sports city. I mean, it, it, it seems like no matter who it is, that city loves all their sports teams and are very passionate about it. So, it's pretty exciting as summer starts to kind of dwindle down. You got this quick stretch where these two guys are going to be. They're, they're in preseason form, so they're probably in good shape. They're just not in game shape yet. And right, right. If they are, good Lord. I mean, this could turn into – and if Bob can figure it out, which I'm, I I think he can, if you're going to give any coach an MLS a chance to figure something out, I think it'd be him to first, you know, figure it out. So, Let's talk all-star game. How about that? We got the roster. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Yeah. Last time, but we got uh, – We'll start. They have it listed here as forward wingers to 
midfielders to defenders to goalkeepers. So they have it going reverse. But we have Paul Ariola making uh, the all-star team. Tati Castellanos, he's going to have to get replaced. Uh, Jesus Ferreira. Uh, Taxi Fountas for DC United. Chicharito um, for LA Galaxy. And Jordan Morris for Seattle Sounders. So the ones that were voted in were Ariola, Castellanos, and Fiera. And Fountas, Chicharito, and Morris were coach picks. Um, Raul Rui Diaz was voted in. Carlos Vela was picked by uh, his coach at LAFC. Or no, just a coach pick of uh, – never mind. The way they worded it made it look like their coach picked them, but it's the coach that's all-star – of the all-star game. Midfielders, we have Luciano Acosta, who is a coach's pick. Sebastian Driussi voted in from Austin FC. Char- uh, Carlos Hill uh, voted in for the New England Revolution. Hani Mukhtar, coach's pick. Darlington Nabby, coach's pick. Reynoso, coach's pick. And Ile Sanchez voted in for LAFC. Defenders, we have uh, Araujo from LA Galaxy voted in. Alexander Kalins voted in for NYCFC. Aaron Long is a coach's pick. Kamal Miller is a commissioner's pick. And Diego Palacios is a coach's pick. Kai Wagner was voted in. DeAndre Yedlin is a coach's pick. And Walker Zimmerman was voted in. For the goalkeepers, we have Andre Blake, who was voted in. Sean Johnson was commissioner's pick. And Dane St. Clair was a coach's pick. So, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this lineup, Logan? Because I'm sure there's some big snubs. Um, no Orlando players picked. How does that make you feel? Uh, good, because they don't deserve it. <laughs> I mean, there's not a person on that roster that I'd be like, "Yep, pick him. He deserves it." The closest thing would be Erkan Kara, but he hasn't been that great. So, like, it's been good, but yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, Tati obviously is going to have to be replaced. I hope they put in Jose Sapuentes because I think he was the most deserving. Mm-hmm. Here, Diego Rubio. I know there's not, you know, those are two different positions, one a midfielder and then the other. How about striker. Brandon Vasquez? Like a- yeah. Uh, like the thing about Brandon, too, though, like the, the one thing I will say is he has slowed down tremendously. Um, so, I mean, it maybe that's what they were looking at is the fact that like, you know, I, you know, I have no idea if that's like. A determining factor. I don't think it should be because if you were so good for so long, I mean, he's the reason that Seattle or Cincinnati is up where they are. Um, but if you look at this roster, I mean, these are a lot of the guys that you would probably pick. Um, I love the fact that Kai Wagner is in it um, just because I think he is a talent that I don't think many people get to see except for you um, and Todd. So I, I, it's one that I think is uh, an understatement to say that he's uh, one of the best players in this league. Um, so that's exciting. Andre Blake, uh, I get that. I understand that. Anybody defensively for the union, uh, I totally understand just because of how, you know, good they have been. They made Orlando look like a, a ghost. Um, but I don't know. I really do like the roster. I don't think there was like huge snubs. I would say Jose Sofuentes, um, with the LAFC, uh, squad is probably the biggest of them all just because I, he's, I think one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. So um, yeah, I mean, that's where I would pick is that, that midfield area where he's not in it, and that's kind of wrong because 
Ilya Sanchez has been good, but he's been on an SKC team that's just been atrocious. So how do you, you know, what's the determining factor? Like, oh, he was good enough. Like, he's made them not, like, the worst team in history. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, anybody that you... Well, I mean, some of these are obviously just picked for names, right? Yeah. I mean, Chicharito yeah. right. started off good, slowed down a bit. Carly's heel's been good, but not, like, what we had seen before. I mean, he's probably one of those names that as long as he's in the league, like you said, like as long as he's in the league, he's going to get called every single time. Reynoso too, maybe. Like, is he one of those names that just shows up because he's, I mean, he's good, but I don't know. You could argue either way. Jordan Morris. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I mean, I don't even know if uh, uh, Luciano Acosta. I mean, I guess he's got 10 assists this year. Yeah. Tied for the league. I don't know. Um, I think it's okay, though. I mean, I think this can go up against Liga Mackey's 11 and, and do something for, for sure. And that All-Star game takes effect. Takes effect. Plays on August 10th. Sorry, I work in insurance. So takes effect is the yeah. thing I say a lot when I look at dates and now I'm yeah. like all thrown off. Okay. Well, uh, quickly going through some of these results before we get to our interview. One thing I want to point out too, the, the Seattle result uh, against Colorado, they came back from 1-0 behind. Uh, they just had a pro came out at 3.52 today. And confirmed that an officiating error occurred in this game. The free kick that started the move leading to Jordan Morris's goal for Seattle was taken from the wrong position and should have been retaken. This play was not reviewable within VAR protocols. You got a video of it here that uh, they retweeted. But uh, Taylor Twelman says that doesn't sound right. I can kind of agree with him. If you watch the video... While it's taken in the wrong position, they take this thing. To, he was fouled going into the Colorado half. Mm-hmm. They take the kick back in their own territory, and it leads to a goal. And the disadvantage, there's a disadvantage there. The disadvantage is that you're going back 30 yards, mm-hmm. but they still score a goal. And it's the only reason people are looking at this, because I've never seen them call something back that from a kick that is – further back from the foul you know they move them back when when they go forward Mm -hmm. from a foul but i don't know i mean i guess it is ridiculously further back than it should be but i feel like if the team wants to take a disadvantage like that i think it should be fine they were just trying to get play started yeah because then the advantage actually goes to the defense if you make them wait for the whistle and you have them set up and it takes all that time for them to get themselves on a wall and all that. Like in that case, it's, it's more for the defense. And mm-hmm. that's why people do tactical fouls, right? When you do a tactical foul, you're doing it because you're like, guess what? I'm going to foul them. They're going to get a free kick here. We're going to be able to regroup ourselves. Right. And I'm not saying that's what they were doing. It's way far out for it to be a tactical foul, but you know, if somebody were to do that and then the defense uses that to their advantage, well, the advantage should always go to the team that got fouled. 
I mm-hmm. feel. So I think starting it quick like this, even if it's further back, shouldn't be a problem then. I don't know. I, I'm i glad it wasn't far revealable because I feel like that would have been crazy, crazy to re, to re, what was I going to say? Review and overturn. Right. Uh, I almost said re, return, and I said that's not right. Um, my mind is not there today, Logan. Any thoughts on taking a kick further back than what it should and if that should stand or what they should do? No, only because like there is instances too where they have throw-ins. I hate that when when there's throw-ins, the refs like he moves them back, but it's like I don't know five feet. I'm like, okay, did it really? Did that really make it that much of a difference? Like I, I get it, I get why you did it, but I mean, and soccer is very much uh, managed on its own. Like the players really do manage a lot more of like the officiating, um, which is really strange to say. But if you watch any of the other sports. Like the other sports are so strict, like they are the ones that manage it. But I mean, like there's there's times where players like soccer players are managing like, okay, here's where the free kick should be or should come from, because this is kind of where you got fouled. And it is it's much, much more like uh, they kind of give them the the respect of like, hey, they respect the game. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to take in throw ins where they thought the ball went out. You know, and they, and they do some like chippy things, but I have always thought that soccer, the players really do officiate their own games sometimes. And I think this is another one of those instances where the ref just like, hey, I mean, no, like they're there. What do you, I mean, if you move them back, that's a disadvantage. So if you move anybody backwards, it's not like it's a huge advantage. I would say that the only time it would be is, I guess, maybe if you're closer to the box where there's like a better angle and you move them back, then I could see, okay, maybe that's where would VAR get involved or if it was reviewable, which, I mean, they're not. But like if you could involve VAR, I would think it'd be more close to the box. Like, hey, say it's around the 18 or say it's like, you know, cut off the top of the 18 and, and that like third of the or fourth of the pitch, whatever it might be. Um that's where I think you would have that. Like, this one's really close, and the the angle could actually affect the outcome of this goal. So, I don't know, but I think way back there, no, in their own half, like why would that ever? I don't, yeah, I don't get it. But I don't know. VAR is interesting, um, and we'll get yeah. to talk. We'll get to talk to our special <laughs> yeah, guest yeah. about VAR because I know you. Uh, that's where you picked it up from. So, uh, not, not this one, but yeah, or. Uh, NYCFC beat Miami 2-0. Cincinnati drew with Nashville 1-1. Columbus drew with New England Revolution 0-0. Philly beats Orlando 1-0. There's a late penalty shot there. I don't think that's a penalty, so I'm good with it. Uh, Toronto, we talked about 4-0 over Charlotte. Montreal 2-1 over D.C. United. Uh, Minnesota beat Houston 2-1. LAFC beat SKC 2-0. That's a bail goal. We'll talk about that in a little bit. RSL lose to Dallas 1-0. Seattle beat Colorado. We were just talking about that 2-1. Vancouver lose to Chicago 3-1. Portland beat San Jose 2-1 in what I feel like is the fifth Portland-San Jose game this year. <laughs> it's probably the third, honestly. <laughs> but it feels like it's been a lot. And Sunday, Austin loses to the red bulls the red bulls took a really really big early lead here uh they were up uh two well they were up two nothing early triusi scored to make it two one and then it becomes four one and then four two then four three in the 81st minute and red bulls almost blew it 
But uh, this was a game for Austin at home. Austin had 78.3% possession, 14 shots to the Red Bulls, 13 shots. Red Bulls don't want the ball. I just saw them in person against NYCFC. They, they don't want the ball, and they're still able to get some solid chances off. A lot of crossing, a lot of stuff like that. So a pretty big disappointment for Austin as they uh, sit second in the West. And now actually Minnesota has leapfrogged RSL to sit third in the West. So Minnesota climbing on up. Ever since they said, guess what, Heath, you get two more years. He's like, let me turn it on. Let me let me actually turn it on and get this thing going. So uh, that's kind of where uh, Minnesota currently sits. Okay. I know we just sped run that. But any, real quick, Logan, any other results left out to you here? LA Galaxy beat um, Atlanta 2-0, by the way. Atlanta now sits 12 in the East. Um, I mean, nothing too crazy. I, I would say that... Uh... Austin result, I guess, uh, if you're talking about ones that kind of stuck out to me, um, and only the, in the fact that uh, the game seemed to be on a roller coaster ride. Every time I was watching, um, it just seemed like the, the scores were changing and everything else like that uh, against Red Bull, and it's a really good game, um, and a game that Austin probably thought they should have won, um, but you look back at the game, and I, I thought Red Bull played extremely well um, to kind of bounce back on the road uh, against uh, an Austin team that is well, one of the top teams in the West. I mean, that's a tough matchup uh, and a tough place to play. So uh, kudos to Red Bull for kind of bouncing back and forth. Um, but good for Austin getting back in it and making it a game. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it seemed like a really weird result for me as far as Austin's concerned because they usually don't like to lose games at home, nor do they often. So I think it's pretty clear to say that Austin's, you know, a contender in the West, and that's one of the results that kind of stuck out to me. All right, we'll take a break and welcome in our guest. And we are back from our break and welcoming in Dave Denham, who is the LAFC, uh, how would you say, LAFC play-by-play, right? Yes, for the radio, uh, English uh, yes. radio broadcasts. That's correct. Yes, I, I, I listened to uh, one of the – so one of the first times I heard you, I guess, it was for sure, I was just up at Red Bull Arena for NYCFC Red Bulls, and I was driving home with my dad. And we were trying to find uh, games to listen to on the way on the way home. And I was like, oh, LAFC Nashville is is a really good game. So uh, I t- turned open the ESPN app and found that the ES- ESPN LA radio broadcast. And uh, you were just so awesome on it. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, one, you, you were keeping up with the action really well. And it had me on the edge of my seat. And uh, overall, it's just a great... A great game so i was like i gotta i gotta be able to have a chance to talk to this guy well it's very kind of you thank you i appreciate that uh you know it's funny because it's, it's sirius xm carries our games yes. often you know carries lafc so i do get a lot of response from around the country which is great you know i gotta admit it's it's nice to hear because that's why we do it uh it's one of the reasons that you mentioned uh the kind of the the one of the reasons i have a color commentator i don't know if you noticed that jordan if you yeah, listen, yeah. you know, or whatever, but uh, it just, I, I just think it, that you get lost on the radio if you mm-hmm. break away from the game too much for color commentary. Now, there's some great ones out there, and the guys do a great job. Mm-hmm. The men and women who do it around the league are really good, but just for us, they kind of asked me if I wanted a color commentator right from the, the start back in 2018, and I just didn't think it would work for me. 
So I kind of appreciate that, that you say how I, you know, paint the picture and all those kind of things. When I hear people say that, that's, that's really what I'm going for. And I do appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Cause the color commentator thing did stick out to me because usually, like you said, you do get lost and, you know, if a game's, if I can't find the radio broadcast for games when I'm driving, I usually have to end up like putting on the TV broadcast through my Bluetooth and just trying to listen. And that you can't, it doesn't work as well because, you know, some commentators will let it breathe for a bit without saying who has the yeah. ball and you're just trying to figure out where it's at. Um, but with your style of just like constantly following the ball, I, what I said on the last episode was that it reminded me of how. I commentate, not that I'm a commentator, but when I play FIFA, I'm like constantly like, this guy has it, this guy has it, this guy has it. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like, it, it really helped me, like you said, paint the picture uh, of the game and the action that was going on, especially when you went on your VAR rant. I thought that was, that was really great. Well, we'll game. waste the whole time if I start talking about VAR. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> disgrace to the beautiful game that we love so let's not even go there i don't think i mean unless you want to don't get draw but yeah I, I did go off on it a little bit with that national game i thought that uh, penalty and the whole var situation was just well i mean the, the referee is actually an mls handles var just about better than anyone in the world yes quite yeah. yes that doesn't yeah. mean var is not it's great. So, I mean, you know, we right. do it as best we can in MLS or they do it as best they can, but it just in principle, VAR is a joke. So, but you know, it's for, I'll just leave it at this for people who have never heard me rant about it. It's a sport built on passion, right? Right. Every time, right. There's very few goals. We know this. That's one mm -hmm. of the things that people always point and, you know, mock us for is it's, Oh, it's boring. There's very few goals. So why don't we take the one or two times there are goals in games and, <laughs> Let's go to the video monitor for 30 seconds. Make sure we destroy the passion of the fans who just want to celebrate a goal. Yeah, it just, it's right. Percent. And it's, and it's not as though VAR is ever going to be a hundred percent perfect. Not possible. Right. It's maybe marginally more, uh, I guess more, per not perfect, but uh, I guess more accurate marginally than referees themselves. Mm -hmm. Realistically, if you look at the percentage of it, it's probably so minuscule that it, the negatives far outweigh the positive. All they're worried about is another hand of God with Diego Maradona situation. That happened once in the right, history right, of our right. sports at that level, at that kind of key. Yes, it was a big call, okay? One time, and you're going to change the course <laughs> of your whole sport for that? I mean, it just – it makes no – and we're still talking about it anyway. Like, that's great for football. Yes, yeah. you know I mean, like, so what if you complain about the referees? We don't remember these things, you know? It's just fun to complain about and move on. I don't understand it. I can understand. I understand if VAR was making them money somehow. I wouldn't like mm -hmm. it, but you could say, well, they're these you know, greedy people, whatever. They, they're these greedy leagues. want. There's nothing in it for them. It doesn't make any right. sense. Even your cat I hates VAR. Right. He, yeah, she's... She, <laughs> it's Our true, cat. though. She I mean, does. She can't even be in the room when we talk about it. I get it. <laughs> she does. But we did want to ask, Dave, how did you get started in radio? Because it's always interesting to kind of hear how, how your voice gets onto the radio. Uh, how did you start? You know, where did you come from? How did you get into soccer? I love radio. I've always loved radio. But uh, I used to listen to sports talk radio a lot. Uh, I basically came from a sports talk radio background to get the job. It's, it starts when I was 16, actually. We had a radio station in my high school back in the 80s, 19, 1980s. Uh, it's almost <laughs> it's so long ago, nobody would barely remember them, and YouTube kids were running around. So but in the 80s, uh, my, uh, station, uh, my high school had a radio station, so I kind of started doing it then. 
I'm not a huge music guy, so I was never much to radio for music, but for sports talk and sports and play-by-play, I really uh, always loved radio. Uh, it's a great medium for play-by-play for sports, especially baseball, basketball, you know, all the ones most of us grew up on. And I always listened to that and really fell in love with sports talk. I got into sports talk radio out of college and uh, in, in my hometown of Cleveland, uh, started working, uh, actually started in a smaller market before then in Ohio. But uh, so I went through and got a job. I was a weekend show in Cleveland, Ohio, 28 years old, uh, and got a job in LA to do afternoon drive in Los Angeles. Went out there over 20 years ago now and was known as the soccer guy because I kind of fell in love with the World Cup when it came to the United States in 1994. Mm-hmm. And then I knew we were going to have a professional league. That was one of the prerequisites of getting right. the World Cup bid for us. Yeah. had to have MLS come along. And I love professional sports, so I started following MLS after the World Cup. And uh, one of those people who was watching Eric with all the score, that first ever goal in MLS against DC United on one of the most boring games I still to this day have ever seen. And thank <laughs> God Eric scored that goal to save the game and to save MLS yeah. you know, their opening night and from a nil-nil that everybody was hoping for that hated soccer. But and no, he, it was a great goal. I love Eric. He's a friend of mine. And he uh, you know, just it made history. And from then on, I've just been following the league since and uh, stayed in radio. I was uh, always known as the soccer guy doing sports talk in L.A., Kind of funny because LA is such a big soccer market, but on the English speaking side, back in the late nineties mm. and early two thousands when I was there, I was mocked for loving soccer, just flat out openly right. mocked. On the, right. you know, most of it playful, but but now you know it's the tide has turned obviously over those many years, and and it helped me to lead. To, I had worked with a, a gentleman previously at the at the the Clippers broadcast, the Los Angeles Clippers radio broadcast. They were on our station, and I was also their pre and post game host. And one of the gentlemen in the communications department went on to become the vice president of communications at LAFC. And one thing leads to another. So a few years ago, I got the job as the play-by-play uh, person on radio and the English-speaking side. So, and, you know, been there since. Uh, it's a long journey, kind of, you know, encapsulated there. But you start in high school with a love for radio and just kind of keep doing it. You know? So and here I am. And I always joke with people, I thought I got my dream job at 28 years old when I uh, put it in an afternoon drive host in L.A. doing afternoon talk and sports radio. But I really got it when I was 48, when I became the play-by-play voice for LAFC. So it's been a long journey, but, you know, the long and winding road in broadcasting is, I'm sure you guys are well aware. So. <laughs> well, so one question I have, since you've been in L.A. for, for so long, too, is how have you seen this club lafc maybe change some of those um feelings towards soccer in la you know mm-hmm. galaxy being in carson for a long time kind of looked down upon right like in philly i'm a philly fan we got um the union are in chester and kind of outside of that spear of philly where people kind of don't really count them right and also because it's mm-hmm. soccer uh, but how have you seen LAFC maybe change some of those feelings in LA? Well, I think being the stadium is basically in my old neighborhood. I lived downtown in Los Angeles a number of years. And when I saw the stadium being built just on the campus of USC, literally two, three miles away from the heart of Los Angeles, you knew something was special about that, that they chose that site. And mm-hmm. uh, it really made a difference. And they, you know, LAFC went out with their, campaign street by street block by block many people have heard that over around the country who are mls fans but it was true they really went out and just literally walked the 
neighborhood and really started to introduce themselves street by street just to let it grow uh, germanely from that and it, it really brought in a lot of local people in that neighborhood too of course la is a sweeping huge metropolis we know this and there's fans from everywhere there are fans from the, for the galaxy everywhere around la county san diego county but lafc too but yet it, it still has that neighborhood feel around that stadium because it is in you know right in the heart of it and that does make a difference i don't think there's any doubt of that and so many fans uh, you know that basically said you know i grew up in this area and didn't feel a connection to the galaxy. This is my team, you know, this is my neighborhood. And it does, it makes a huge difference. And uh, it's been great, you know, they, they built a, 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 like kind of a, almost like a, a, a not a, a train, not a center, but uh, an office, if you will, before the stadium was built, before the team was even playing and kind of in that neighborhood, got to know a lot of people and just, you know, used it as a sales office for obviously corporate stuff and everything and bring through they brought me through during the process of whether i was going to get the job or not or how you know right. we were talking about it and you know try to show me what they were doing and they did an excellent job bottom line they laid roots down and, it, and that's hard to do in, in professional sports now in this day and age especially for well for expansion sides uh, right. but in mls i think it it almost might be easier than other sports in a weird way because soccer has that club feel all over the world already and we as as football fans you, you and me you want to be part of that right from the jump anyway and i right. think mls has done a good job with that with their expansion teams you know and and i think we've seen a lot of successes when it comes to expansion sides in mls not just on the pitch but uh, you know you may struggle on the pitch a little bit but even you know for all the struggles of fc cincinnati that's a club they started in usl you know they built something right. and right. let it grow and so that's a little different than maybe fc charlotte and yet look at what they're doing and and just you know what lafc did and and so you can do it in different ways, but I think just that club atmosphere from the top down, uh, they did a great job and they really sold me on it too. I was a galaxy season ticket holder for years. I was a big galaxy fan for a number of years. I love MLS. So I had that local tie. I would go to games at the Rose bowl before they even built, you know, what is now dignity health sports park, but I didn't quite feel the connection I do or did with LAFC really right from the start and talking to fans and the people in the organization and they've done a great job. They really have. And it's amazing from day one. And it's fifth season. I can't believe it already. But it, time flies, <laughs> as we all know. But, yeah, it's just – so there's still an infant almost or a toddler, realistically. So right. there's a long way to go. Still have to win a you know uh, an MLS Cup. You still got to win the Champions League. Got to a final, but you didn't win it. You've won a supporter shield. Play great football. I mean, the sky's the limit. And I, I think they've, they've done a great job, certainly. And now it's time to just take it to that next level and keep it building. It's a scary toddler. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're really good. Uh, it's a really talented good club. toddler. It's a real messy right. of toddlers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a great job. I mean, no question about it. Makes my job easier. Bottom yeah. line, from yeah. day one, right? You know, the, the one thing you're worried about as a broadcaster, maybe joining an expansion side. You don't tell anybody this, but you know, what if we go three twenty four and seven <laughs> here? You know, the first year, right. like this could be this could be some long and drawn out broadcast. And, right. you know, the LAFC from day one, it's been on 710 ESPN. That was the station I previously worked at. I had a soccer show on there for a number of years as well. I did afternoon drive there. So the station knew me. The station knows what I'm about. Uh, LAFC built a relationship with that station. It's a major sports talk station in LA. That's been great. But it could have been, you know, you can start out, you can struggle. Look at FC Cincinnati. They've had a tough yeah. time of it on the pitch. 
but boy, they made my job easy from day one, the first game in Seattle to, you know, obviously today. So we're just waiting to win that MLS cup. I think it's, yeah. I don't say any predictions, but you know, I think <laughs> we're on our way. All right. So the big news, obviously that we kind of want to get to, um, and then we can kind of talk about the team uh, leading into it. Um, so Gareth Bale obviously arrives uh, in LA um, sure. and I just kind of want to get your thoughts. Cause I listened to his interview last night and he was talking about the fact that he's finally feeling like he's and it's only been two games, but he says he's finally starting to feel like he and uh, Vela are really kind of um, gelling with Arango as well. Um, can you kind of talk about uh, the impact that Gareth Bale has had on not only the club on the pitch, but like around the, that area, I guess, maybe the team and the fans and kind of talk about Gareth Bale's addition. Just ma- massive news, really. I, you yeah. know, there's no, you can't really overstate it. You know, it's just, I don't say it lightly. We can, whatever cliche you want to throw. I mean, it's just massive. It's international news from a footballing perspective. And it's also big in LA, LA. We always talk about LA loves stars and all this, the star power that they don't need another person like Gareth Bale. I think it's more interesting that he's joining it for the footballing reasons, trying to keep sharp for the world cup. It's an intriguing kind of thing with this. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity because of Cutter being in the winter. Let's face it. I mean, if the world cup was being played now, Gareth Bale would not be playing for LAFC. We know this, or the world cup would have just Mm -hmm. ended theoretically, uh, you know, scheduling wise as we're in late July, but so it's kind of like just all the pieces falling together, whatever, you know, like whatever you say about it, he wants to stay sharp. It's a great opportunity for him. It's a better level than Cardiff would have offered. I hate to, you know, offend any championship lovers on this podcast. I don't mean that (laughs) cruel. I don't, I don't mean it to be cruel, but if you think MLS is below the championship, you either have not watched MLS ever or watched the championship ever. So it was a better level. It's, it's a good opportunity and it's a good lifestyle for a lot of people. We know this MLS is a good lifestyle for a lot of players, no matter what city, but then you couple that with Los Angeles and what LAFC can offer in playing with a guy like Carlos Vela and Logan, you mentioned it, Chicho Arango's red hot. So he sees that there's some success being had. Vela is certainly one of the most skilled players we've ever seen in the league. Uh, Chiellini coming doesn't hurt Gareth Bale mentally, I'm sure. Like just thinking about, oh, well, you know, if he's going to that project. And they do talk about it as a project in a lot of ways. It's still building. But what they want to do with LAFC, they can sell players like this on it. And I think it's huge. I really do. And it's huge for all MLS teams. And again, Gareth Bale is not going to go to Charlotte. No offense to that. It's just the circumstances, right? We know this. He's not going to play for Columbus Crew. I mean, it's just not going to happen. That's fine. That doesn't mean, I mean, Columbus Crew won a title a few years ago. You know, it's good for the league, bottom line, because then Cucho or Hernandez does agree to go to Columbus. You know, a player of great potential then. So it just opens up so many things. I think it's massive for everyone. And, you know, you saw, you saw it in that game, the most recent game. Gareth Bale scores a great goal. Some of the fans, even sporting Kansas City fans, were up on their feet clapping for it because it was a great goal. They, they recognized class, and they recognized, you know, world-class players. MLS fans are a lot more sophisticated than we get credit for, you know, in the sporting world, in the football world. Frankly, it's kind of funny. MLS fans mocked more by American soccer fans than we do around the world. You know, I think there's more respect for MLS. You know, there's more respect for MLS in a lot of ways from La Liga fans than there are from American Euro snobs a lot of times. And that's kind of weird and frustrating at times. But I think Gareth Bale cuts through that. 
no matter what you say, and the guy can play anywhere, he's still so talented. It's just huge. It really is. I mean, look, I always liken it to this, fellas. David Beckham was, is, and always will be signing MLS ever made. Galaxy mm-hmm. went out and did it. He will. And I don't care if you brought in Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo on the same day to play with one team in MLS. It's because David Beckham came. That's right, the bottom. Right. That's the only reason any of this stuff happens, realistically. Now, again, individual decisions as years go on, people are going to forget that. But David Beckham changed everything. But Gareth Bale, maybe the best player who ever signed with MLS. I mean, Zlatan's pretty close, you know, but you could argue it. And that's not going to change. That's not going to stop. It's just going to happen more and more. I really believe that. Look what they're doing in Toronto. I mean, you're talking yeah. about, you know, Insigne is still, he could play anywhere for anyone. Right. You know, and, and everybody wants to blow that off. And now it's a retire, all these stupid things that people say about MLS. They just don't know, or they don't care to know. And that's fine. But just, you know, we don't have to believe that anymore. You just don't. It's just not true. This league is loaded with talented players. And that's the beauty of it. You know, it's just more credibility by signing a guy like Gareth Bale. League-wide, not just for LAFC. Yeah, a lot of that stuff comes from ignorance, I feel. Of course. Um, yeah. Well, no, a, lot course, of it is, a lot of it is, in this case, a lot of it is, is they're threatened. Yeah, that's, yeah, true. that's, that's true. true. That's true. I've said it for years on my sports talk shows. If MLS gets where ML, gets to where MLS wants to, the only thing that hurts is the Premier League, the Syria. You know, they don't want that. No matter what they'll tell you, they want to build their own brands in America. You know, it's yep. a fertile soccer market, but they want mm-hmm. nothing to do with MLS succeeding. Right? I mean, that's the bottom line. I don't care what anyone tells me. The Premier League doesn't want a successful Major League Soccer because eventually, just by a war of attrition, they will be bigger than the Premier League. I mean, right. Maybe not in my lifetime. I'm an old man, but, you know, like, <laughs> as it goes on, I'm not stupid about it. It's not going to happen next week, and that's that would be foolish. But they don't want that. Those leagues don't want that. You know, that's why they come over here constantly for these tours to play each other yep. in preseason, you know, to keep that fan base as much as they can growing. I mean, that's why – that's exactly what it is. Everybody just talks about, oh, why don't they – you know, MLS could do this with this league. They don't want that at all. The, the worst thing that could happen to world football in their eyes is MLS being the biggest league in the world. That's just the bottom line. That's just – they just do not want that to happen i mean it's business but uh it's inevitable it just they're going to try to delay it as long as they possibly can so right. uh, you know and that's just the way it goes and that's just part of business and you know in, in, in this world but it's fascinating really and that's you know the beauty of soccer is that it is the world's game great players everywhere great leagues to watch everywhere you know we can all enjoy so much great football there's 30 nba teams right there's about six NBA teams were real talent in the world in basketball, if you're being honest. But in mm-hmm. soccer, there's thousands of good players and great players everywhere. And I think that makes a difference. It's such a great time to be a, a soccer fan in America and really anywhere. I don't even know if I answered your question quite frankly. <laughs> no, no it's fine. It's it great. You know what I mean? I'm um, just having, it's always fun talking with true soccer fans. Yeah, you know, it is. Yes. Yes. I agree. I could listen to you for hours. Um, <laughs> you probably, when we look at, probably will here if I don't <laughs> When we look at LAFC and you know the moves they've made, um, especially bringing in like Trundolo as manager for his first year, who's I think surpassed expectations so far. What is there any disappointment if they don't win MLS Cup but still bring home a supporter shield, or is there like 
okay, maybe next year. Cause you know, Bale might only be here for this, this run, you know, for these first, uh, I think it's, how long is the contract? Like 18 months. It's or... a, it's a contract that takes them to about this time next year. It was a year long okay. deal. I think what they were thinking of as well. We don't want, you know, we don't want six months if we make the champions league, you know, you'd like to have right, that, kind of, you know, him be available for that push maybe. And it gives you a little more time that maybe he gets comfortable after the World Cup. Maybe he's still having mm-hmm. fun. Maybe he wants to go for the Euros then the next time. That's why they gave him the option then for what would right. be another, like, I believe another season so uh, or another year. It's, it's kind of weird with that June thing with kind of the contract yeah. of bail. Yeah. You know, it's not lined up with MLS's seasons necessarily. So, but yeah, I, I mean, to me, when you talk about this team with uh, Steve Terundolo, Steve Trundle has been magnificent. He's a great manager. He is a sharp guy. We know this. Uh, you knew, you just knew him as a player. He was going to be just a good manager. He's a really smart guy. Knows what he's talking about. He also got a lot of help from the front office in this offseason. Yeah. About it. This has been a very big partnership with he and John Thorington. Will Coombs. I mean, they've done a great job. In, and, and Steve's been a big part of that, too. They've done a magnificent job loading up this roster, really right where they needed it to, all over the pitch. Just so much more depth. You know, fellas, it's you go down the you know the lineup sheet every night when you do a game for LAFC. Click on MLSsoccer.com if you're a fan sometime. And just check out the bench. I know people know it in theory, but just go look at the bench for LAFC when it's you know, when the lineups come out on any given game and you're like, all these guys are MLS starters. Just every last one of them. And I mean on virtually any other team in the league. Now, again, you still got to go out and do it. So what you're saying right. is, is it going to be a disappointment? Yes, absolutely. You loaded up the team to win MLS Cup. That's what everybody cares about in American sports. Let's be realistic. You have to win the playoffs, whatever that is in your sport. For me, I want that supporter shield. No question. You get to into Champions League because I want to win Champions League too. Yep. Now, I, I mean, it will be a disappointment if they don't win MLS Cup. You know, what might take the sting out of that is looking at the supporter shield and winning the Champions League after it because of that. I mean, that'd be a pretty good consolation, certainly. Now, you want to win them both. But so I think there's the beauty of it is there's plenty to play for. Right. We can you know, if you don't win that one, you've got to win the other one. It starts with MLS Cup, though. You're it's a perfect question because that 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 is where it starts for with us in American sport. Have to win. That's the champion. And then you go from there. I want to get to the Club World Cup. I'm so mad that Seattle, a team I sports hate, is going to be there first. You know, <laughs> uh, it's so weird. Like, I don't know if you guys felt that way. And I apologize. I don't know exactly what teams you're your favorite team or anything. But so if you're a Seattle fan, well, I don't really care. But I sports hate <laughs> Seattle, right? I mean, Seattle, I, I, I use the term sports hate all along my, right, my career. Right. Uh, they're right below Portland Timbers for being the most disgusting organization and mm. sports hate them, you know, like they're one a, uh, because, you know, they invented soccer, of course. So, um, but I was still rooting for them to win. That's right, the thing right. about you know, the weird thing about it was I wanted them to win the champions league final once they got there, of course, and I'll be rooting for them in the club world cup, but I'm going to be mad too. It's like, I wanted <laughs> LAFC to be the first one to get there under this, iter- you know, with them. Right. and, and, and yeah. try to see what we but we got to get there bottom line is you got to get to the Ch- club world cup and play teams in games that mean something you know for everybody involved and that's the next thing win mls cup yes and then right below it is winning the champions league and so 
to me, that's really the, the goal, no doubt about it. And the good thing is the ownership of LAFC feels the same way. They're, they're just going for it. So, I think that's uh, what – sorry, Logan, real no, quick. Because I think yeah. that's what's great about soccer, though, is that there is so much to, pay, to play for. You know, you got all these yeah. different cups that can make your season a success by various uh, metrics compared to some of our other sports where it's like, you know, if, if you said we won the conference, they'd be like, eh, that doesn't really matter. Or, oh, you had the best regular season record. That doesn't sure, really sure. matter. But, uh, yeah, at least with soccer, there's so many cups and tournaments. Go ahead, Logan. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'd... It's kind of weird. The NBA trying to add something like a cup in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mid-season. Yep. What are you winning with that? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> from the you know what I mean? It's like we're trying to. Yep. Hey, we're stealing from soccer, but well, what's the? Everybody gets something. You know what I mean? Like it's, our prize is a Champions League appearance if you win the U.S. Open Cup. That's huge. Of course, you want to win the Open Cup, but then you get that. You know, like I don't know what the NBA is doing. Maybe if they, I think the NBA. Here's an idea for Adam Silver right now. Give the first draft pick of the next draft to the team that wins that mid-season tournament. That's it. You get the number one draft pick. That, that would be incentive. Yes. I mean, <laughs> well, I've been saying that for the it'll FA. It will never happen, but why not, right? right? I've been saying that for the FA Cup when they say that people don't care about the FA Cup. I said, just make that a Champions League spot I instead of Europa more. League. Like just hundred percent should be easy. What's a different? I mean, what? So, oh, I'm sorry. So the fourth place team in, in uh, the <laughs> Premier League doesn't get to go. Like, it's yeah. it's a misnomer anyway, right? You're hey, right, we're right. fourth. We're cha- you know, we're gonna win the Champions League. Well, you know, give it to the team <laughs> that wins the FA Cup. Agree more. It'll probably end up going to the fourth place team anyway, because half the time the right, team that exactly. wins the FA yeah. Cup is you know, like let's be honest, it's not exactly. Uh, I'm sure Blackburn's not gonna win the FA Cup anytime soon. No offense, you know. <laughs> you know it's great to watch those stories through the rounds, but they, you know, it's yes. always going to be, you know, Man City beating Arsenal in the final of the yeah. FA Cup anyway. So who we kidding? Yeah. But yeah, but it would be good. I mean, I think it'd be a very, uh, you know, incentivized. They'll probably turn it into something like the Europa Conference League, or whatever. Whoever wins the FA Cup gets to go to the, you know, yeah, <laughs> whatever the, you know, the third competition is over there. You know, I think now you get like you get into Europe if you're thirteenth in the Premier League or whatever, but. Whatever. You can, yeah. That yeah, goes right, yeah. yeah. Almost, yeah. You know, that's funny, though, too. It's like people rip on playoffs. Okay, it's not traditional, no question. But, you know, I joke with my buddy. He's a big Brighton fan. He lives over there. Mm. And I'm like, as soon as the ball kicks off in the first game of the season, you're done. Like, yep. your, hope, yep. your whole hope is to not get relegated to a lower division. That's it. Yep. Like, and maybe if they make a little run in the FA Cup, okay. But even then, most of those teams can't even afford to go after the FA Cup because they're mm-hmm. so afraid of relegation. They don't want to load up their schedule. So they kind of, you know, they have to play their U23s in the FA Cup so they're rested enough with their thin rosters to not be relegated. And it's like, I mean, what – and, you know, and my buddy is, a, you know, American, but he lives over in, you know, London or for a long time. And, you know, after a while, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like – we're just hoping to finish 10th. It'd be a great season, you know, like that's their goal or what, you know, it's just, what is that? You know, like at least mm-hmm. look, MLS, these are long seasons we have to go through in, in football. And thankfully we love soccer and watching games, but my goodness, inter Miami still can believe now they have a shot to win the MLS cup. Yep. You know, whatever, for whether you believe that or not, whether they really do or not, they do, you know? And I mean, Ito <laughs> have buried themselves. Now, bring in a couple of guys, they might be thinking, well, if we can just sneak in, you know? Right. I mean, people will mock that, but there's something to that. I mean, 
everybody in MLS is still alive. And at about the third week of the Premier League, almost everybody is eliminated. Yep. Realistically, you know, and that's just, I mean, it's just a difference, you know, and that's something that I kind of like, to be fair. All right, I did want to ask, um, so if or LAFC wins MLS Cup, if all this goes right, Dave, what would you say would be the answer to that question? Uh, what do you, you mean? Like, how does that happen? Like if, yeah, like how does how does LAFC win their first MLO, MLS Cup? How does that happen? What's the process? Like, what has to go right for them to do so? Sure, I, you know, I would think that continuing on the path they are getting that home field advantage, maybe even wrapping up the supporter shield mm -hmm. in the Champions League is now is in the bag. You know, like we've got the Champions League experience, so you take a little bit of that pressure off. Right. Maybe it's not quite on your mind. Now it's just about winning these tournament games. And hopefully they're all played at the home, you know, Bank of California Stadium. That's another thing you would want. And I see, I think that would be a, a good route. But I think LAFC, they could win a game or two on the road if they had to. Certainly, you know, they've done well on the road. I don't know that they'll have to. If they continue this, I can see a path where they just, frankly, are just too tough to score on with this defense. There's just an abundance of center backs that are playing great. Uh, the you know, Palacios is playing one of the best, you know, some of the best football I've seen him play. Franco Escobar was a great signing. Hollingshead can fill in on either spot. So the defense is rock solid. Craig Poe was a big pickup. I just think that they're going to suffocate a lot of teams. And I think it would look like 2-0 kind of run almost every game. And you you bring in guys who are just going to be loaded off, off the bench at the 60th minute when the other team is just worn out. And you're going to get to pick up some goals, you know. And we have a guy like Ismail Tajuri Shradi who can't seem yeah. to quite be healthy. <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately, right. guy's probably going to score a huge goal for us in a playoff game at some point. Like, <laughs> he's a magical player, really. Yes. And yet we barely have seen him. He, he can't quite stay healthy. It's been a tough year for that, unfortunately. And yet the times he's been in there, he's got two goals. Like you almost forget. I'm going through my stats all the time for broadcast. I'm like, holy cow, where do where have we been scoring all? The, oh, he had two, and oh, this guy has three. And it's just – I think that's what it's going to look like, Logan. I think a lot of it, it's going to be just so much depth. Might Gareth Bale go crazy? Yes, of course he could. Does he need to? Maybe not. I mean, they were in first place when they signed him, you know, so it's right. – maybe they don't need that. Now, I don't know that Chicho Arango, although he was red hot for much of last season, when it, once he got over his kind of a rough start to be, begin his career with LAFC, I don't know if he can continue this pace. I mean, on a ridiculous pace, but – he can be, you know, that guy too. Carlos Vela, he can have a hat trick in any game he wants, realistically. So I, I don't know what it's going to look like other than probably just beating teams with the best roster I've ever seen in MLS, top to bottom. And that, that probably is enough. But one game, one penalty yeah. whistle in the right. 75th minute because somebody tripped in the box, you know. And you with just, VAR, oh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you don't know. Sometimes falls over and accidentally trips some dude in the 84th minute because you've hit three posts and it's still nil nil somehow yeah. in front of the That's home fans. And some somebody from Minnesota slots a penalty home. And the you know, there's teams that can certainly you know beat LAFC on any given. I mean, there's plenty of good teams in MLS, so never a guarantee. But I think that's what it would look like: home field, crowd going nuts every game, and just kind of just beating teams with that depth from all over the pitch really and that's how they've seen they can score in a lot of different ways corner kicks free kicks we haven't even seen bale yet do that i mean obviously right. world class at that uh you know who's going to take free kick 
doesn't matter. Kellen Acosta, Carlos Vela, Gareth Bale. I mean, some of the best free kick takers in the league. So it's going to be a lot of ways that you can this team can beat it. What I think now that might be the thing that takes them over the top is that defense. We've always been able to score. Mm-hmm. Bob had, did a great job. Bob Bradley built one of the best offenses we've ever seen in MLS for that period of time. Could not stop teams from getting easy goals. And that has changed this year. That's probably the difference. Awesome. Uh, any other questions, Logan, about no. LAFC? I think I got all – it was good. I, I Like, watching from a distance, it is. It's like, okay, LAFC are good, but what makes them t- – like, what's made them so good? But you're right. I mean, you look up and down this depth chart. I'm looking at the, the subs from last match, and it's like, that's impressive. You could field a whole different team completely. And I think that's what the different – Jordan and I talk about this all the time. If you're going to be elite in MLS, what it takes is it takes depth. Because if you look up and down all these clubs – a lot of these clubs really struggle with depth. I mean, we thought Seattle was going to run away with it. We thought the crew last year were going to run away with it, but that depth fell apart. Like you had injury after yeah, injury. Exactly after injury. Right. And that's exactly right. Injuries are a part of the sport, so it's not an excuse, but it's a reality. They are a part of the sport. It's going to happen to teams. Everybody's going to have injuries, so that's why they're not an excuse, and you have to mm-hmm. play through them, but it can derail you. I agree. You know, there's times you look at the bench and that team would make the playoffs in MLS. And that's not yeah. it's not hyperbole. That's just the way the roster's been built. And, you know, some of that is because they grabbed guys when they were young from the U-20 tournament a few years ago and Jose Cifuentes and Palacios and Francisco Janela, who's now been loaned out. But, you know, and they became good players. They didn't they right. didn't miss. You know, they've missed on a few. You know, for every Cifuentes, you are going to have Andre Horta who just didn't quite fit in or things like that. It does happen. But you know, those young guys have developed into great players and it just adds to your depth. And I think you're a hundred percent right, Logan. You just have to have it. There's, there's every team in MLS has great players in their starting lineup. Every team, the worst team in MLS, whoever you think that is, has great talent in their starting lineup. It's mm-hmm. just, they can't quite hang for 90 minutes every week, you know, with the other team right. that can run out from this and make a difference. I mean, LAFC, for, of course, he's going to eventually be in the starting lineup, but you don't have to rush Gareth Bale into the starting lineup. Right. And now you have Gareth Bale coming in in the 60s. He ran by Sporting Kansas City because they were dead tired. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, right. you know, back to Sporting Kansas City. They played a heck of a game, but he was just, it was like they were standing still when he scored a goal because, you know, they were dead tired in that heat and he just came off the bench in the 61st minute or whatever, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's how you win. You're a hundred percent. And it was, it was like over the off season, um, we were talking about it. And when we did LAFC, we're like, this team's really good. We were just asking, I think the only question Jordan I had was how does Steve Chirondolo step in and take over for Bob Bradley? Cause Bob Bradley has this decorated career, especially sure. in MLS. And then he takes over and does a phenomenal job. But then, I mean, it seemed like LAFC over the off season, just stole people one after the next, after the next, it was Kellen Acosta. It was Maxime Cripeau. It was, I mean, it just, Ryan Hollings said it was amazing that they just kept plucking these players off of teams. And you're going, these are all all-star level players. I mean, especially Cripeau. Like I was shocked when Vancouver was like, you know what? We can't really afford him and he's got to go elsewhere. And and they traded him. I'm, I was shocked that the three of them were lined up and given to LAFC. And they've just built this like massive club that just seems to be overpowering for any opponent they run up against. Yeah. And it was an interesting strategy because, you know, Ilya Sanchez, also one of them who yeah, right. maybe, didn't have, maybe didn't have his best year last year for sporting KC, 
getting a little bit up there and now 31, maybe KC thinks, well, let's just move on and like we're rebuilding something too. It's a great opportunity for LAFC then to bring him in, you know, and give him that opportunity to play and uh, and to really get back to doing what Ilya does, which is be one of the best midfielders in the league. So mm-hmm. you're right, but it was an interesting shift in that way. That they went after MS veterans, as you say, because mm-hmm. not that they hadn't done that in the past on a smaller level, but it was, I think it was a concerted effort by the club to really get that veteran leadership in with the guys like Jose Cifuentes and Diego Palacios and, you know, the young up-and-coming talent that they have, Mahala Apoku, you know, guys who are still learning how to really be, <laughs> you know, consistently win and do it week in and week out. They got a lot of that from Bob Bradley. Steve Tarundolo certainly knows how to do that. And they, they brought in players that can also help them with that. You know, Giorgio Chiellini, come on. I mean, he's, you know, whatever cliche you want, he's a coach on the field, <laughs> right. but it does make a difference. The guy's already, yes. and yet he can still play. <laughs> he can still, yeah. and it's funny because I, just, I was watching a, a Juve video. Um, I'm actually going to be, you know, doing a broadcast of theirs. And so I was studying up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I believe Chiellini went and visited, the, you know, his whole team that training in LA or something. But it was funny because <laughs> they were kind of joking with him. Like some of the UVA players were like, "Oh, you only played forty-five minutes. What's the, you know? You can't only you can only play forty-five minutes, you know? Like as if he's <laughs> going for the old man, you know? Like what are you doing? Yeah, he's like, no, no, I can play. You know, the coaches, you know, want to take because we forget, you know, Chiellini and Bale are kind of still in their preseason, in their normal soccer yeah. life, if you will. Right. So after their break, if you will, so then it takes them a little while. They come in in July when they sign an MLS. They're really still in their preseason, so as great as they're not even up to full speed yet even so it's mm-hmm. that depth is just it is incredible there's no doubt and it's it's been a lot of fun no question yeah all right dave i think uh, we'll let you off here so we don't have to uh keep you all nights it, it's a lot of fun having you on so we'll we'll definitely have you on again and reach out to sure. you um because it was a lot of fun talking to you and kind of getting one the, the play-by-play and, and all the radio stuff is always fascinating to me so maybe we'll have you on again sometime to talk about more of that aspect of it but i did want to we did kind of want to get your thoughts obviously at lafc would be stupid not to yeah anytime fellas appreciate it every single yeah, time thanks. but uh just let people know before you do go um where can people find your work and what do you you know like twitter if you want to shout out any of that kind of stuff sure i'm uh, my twitter handle is pretty easy to remember at talk soccer and then uh, Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm, just spelled like my name. And uh, yeah, you can you can listen to the games on the ESPN LA app or the ESPN app if you want to hear our broadcasts. They do a great job with those, you know, putting that up. And sometimes I think SiriusXM does carry, you know, our our call, you know, relatively frequently. So you can sometimes catch mm-hmm. it on that around the country if if you are so inclined. So, but I appreciate it. Thanks for the having me on, fellas. I appreciate you listening. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. And we are back from our interview with Dave Denholm. Uh, so thank you, Dave, for coming on and talking LAFC and Gareth Bale and just talking soccer and MLS. That was a very great interview. It didn't feel like an interview. Kind no. of felt like we were just sitting here chatting. It was great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, I like seriously. We could talk for hours. Like I, I never want yeah. to take too much of people's time because i know yeah. they're very busy and he's got a really important call coming up so i did want to you know kind of give him that but like it is it's it's always so fun to have some of these people on and it's a, it, and i guess maybe we could ask like hey how long are you willing to be on here because it is like i'd love to ask him so much more i kind of wanted to ask him but i knew it'd probably take a little longer i was like what is a what does a week in your life look like like what that's is, what i was going mean? to ask too is like how do yeah. you prepare for a match but maybe that's right. another time another yeah. time that we get him on here and right. maybe focus 
on the off season about broadcasting or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. I think there's a way that we can definitely, uh, he told us off air that he's got a show he's doing on FS two on Tuesday, yeah. the day this releases. So I'm going to check and see if it's recording on my thing. I'm going to record it. <laughs> I am too. I'm really, he's on the call, man. I'm excited for him. That's an awesome, I mean, he kind of alludes to it, but, um, no, this was a lot of fun. Like I, I like I had a lot of fun listening to him. Um, and I, I think he's got a wealth of knowledge as far as LAFC is concerned. And it's crazy because they've only been in existence for a couple of years, you know, and it's it's yeah. wild to me that it's like not a couple, but a little almost a handful. But it's it's so wild to me that it, they seem like they have such a huge history and they're just a pretty young club. And it, it's amazing to me that he's been around for the whole ride. Uh, that's kind of cool that he's been able to call their action for the years that he's been with them. So it was a lot of fun. It's been a while since we had a guest, so it's kind of like getting back into the swing of things again. Especially like during the season. I don't think we mm-hmm. usually had one during the season. Yeah. Like we usually have a pod friends. Like we'd have the rap yeah. guys on or we'd have no other pod. So But yeah, that was uh that was that was great. Uh so I guess we can get into um our what's it called? The week. Match of the week preview. Where's that? It's time for the match of the week preview. All right, match of the week preview is where we go ahead and take a look at the games coming up this week. Tomorrow, the day that this releases, Vancouver and Toronto going up in the Canadian Championship. That's on onesoccer.canada, onesoccer.ca, where you can see that. I'm not sure if we can get that here or not, but. Uh, that's where it's at if you're in Canada. Uh, also on Wednesday, Logan, we have the U.S. Open Cup. Orlando's chance for a trophy. They go up in the semifinals against Red Hot, New York Red Bull. Sacramento Republic goes up against SKC. Those games are at 7.30 and 10.30 on ESPN Plus on Wednesday. Friday, we have LAFC versus Dave Denholm sports hating uh, Seattle. <laughs> Uh, Sounders uh, on FS1 and Fox Deportes, Bank of California Stadium. You know what? If you can't watch it, listen to the broadcast on LA, uh, ESPN LA. Don't watch it. Turn off the sound. Watch. Oh, I guess watch it. Turn off the sound. Watch it and then try to sync it to the radio on your Mm -hmm. app. Do it. (laughs) Try to figure that out. Um, But yes, that is a big game that's this Friday. I love Friday night soccer, but it's at 11 p.m. And I just had to speak to my vet, and I didn't realize, but I have a, they just scheduled an 8 a.m. appointment with me on Ooh. Saturday. So I'm going to be really Ooh. tired because I'm going to stay up and watch that game. Uh, Saturday, we have Minnesota versus Portland at 3 o'clock on ABC. Chicago and Atlanta at 5 o'clock. Charlotte and Columbus at 7. Montreal, NYCFC at 7.30. Philadelphia versus Houston at 7.30. Miami hosting Cincinnati at 8 o'clock. Nashville hosting Vancouver at 8. The Revs hosting Toronto at 8. SKC hosting Austin at 8.30. Dallas hosting LA Galaxy at 9. San Jose hosting RSL at 10 o'clock. The only national broadcast game on Saturday is that ABC game at 3 o'clock. On Sunday at 5 o'clock, it's DC United versus Orlando. And that rounds out the weekend. So, Logan, I ask you, what game are you picking for your match of the week preview? 
Gosh, this one's tough because there, there's one game I think we both want to pick. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I guess I'll shift off of it and I'll go. You know what? I'll go Charlotte and Crew. And I guess the reasoning in behind that is, I guess, because of the table. So if you look at it currently, uh, if you look at the Eastern Conference, um, you do have Columbus sitting in that sixth spot. They have 30 points. And then you have Charlotte at 26. So it's kind of that jockeying for position that we talked about, Cincinnati in between them at seventh. Um, and I do really think that Charlotte can make the playoffs in their first year here, their inaugural year. I do think they can make their playoff debut. Won't be home, but I, do, I still do think that their playoff hopes are alive. I think um, – they're kind of in like a little tough stretch here, but I do think they can bounce back. They've won two, lost two um, in their last four. So uh, can Shin Yashiki kind of turn it on? Can Swiderski turn it on? Um, I think it all just depends on uh, how Charlotte play, if they can kind of sneak back up into those playoff spots. I think Cincinnati, if I'm going to pick a team to kind of fall out, it would have to be them. Um, they have been collecting one point here and one point there. Um, but again, they really do struggle defensively. And, and when you really comes down to it, Jordan, I think, um, you know, playoffs really matter on – that really hinge on defense, and I think Cincinnati's the weaker of the three. So this Charlotte Crew game, I think, is lining up to be one of those, you know, six, seven spots that we're going to see here. So it's a playoff battle. Um, I think it's an interesting and intriguing match because it's not one that you normally think about when you think about a good match. Um, but I, I, I'm loving all of this. I, I think the storylines are there. So I'm going to pick Crew and, and Charlotte. Who you got, Jordan? I'll let you pick the one that I think you're Thank going you to. for the slam dunk here. I'm going LAFC and Seattle. Friday night at 11 yeah. o'clock. This is like the one game, if I'm looking at everything, I'm like circling that on the yeah. calendar. If you can only watch one this weekend, it's that one. Minnesota and Portland is interesting as a backup option because it is nationally broadcast. Portland is climbing. They're in eighth place. Mm -hmm. They have not lost in their last five. Minnesota have not lost in their last five, and they've moved up to third place. So that's an interesting option, too. Seattle, you're like, well, Seattle is not even close to LAFC, so why would this be a must-watch game? Just the names. Just the yeah. names that are going to be involved in this game is something to behold. And I mean, you know, it's just going to be interesting, right? Seattle is Seattle. Mm -hmm. And LAFC, with how hot they are, with Bale, Chiellini, can they put a real stamp on this? Knock down Seattle, who just won after three straight losses, and maybe climb into their uh, really, what, I, what do I want to say, your auto drive? Or what, yeah. what is that? Cruise control? Cruise control. And yeah. cruise their way to... Uh, a supporter shield. I don't know. Philadelphia is only three points behind, but LAFC have a game in hand and uh, Austin has slipped up now. Can they at least start maybe cruise controlling to a Western conference win? And that's what I'm looking out for, for LAFC. The game will be cool too. Just in the fact that I think Seattle can get back into a playoff spot. If everything kind of goes, yeah, they're right. only one point behind. Yeah. I mean, that's a, we talked about this. It's so bunched up from three down, like, mm -hmm. It's five points separating the, the Seattle. Literally, Seattle's five points away from the three spot. That's wild to me. Like we say, they're struggling, but my that goodness. is two games. Yeah. And they have a game in hand. A bunch of those teams already yep. have twenty-two. Uh, the only other one that doesn't is the Galaxy. So, yep. whoa, here we go. Sports Tatum. Very interesting. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, but that is a game that Friday night. 
I'm setting aside time. It's easy when it's 11 o'clock too, because what else am yeah. I going to be doing at 11 o'clock? So and I'll set Friday, the time yeah. aside. I'll set the time aside and watch that this weekend and in bed probably and for some MLS after dark. So right. that'll be fun. U.S. Open Cup semis this week. Logan, do, does Orlando get past Red Bull? God, no, we're awful. <laughs> And they can defend. We didn't even get <laughs> a chance to talk to you about Orlando. But Let's not. I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> we had to get Mr. Dave Denholm on. So I'm, I thank you, Dave Denholm, for coming on the show. That was awesome. And just talking LAFC and MLS and all that good stuff with us. Uh, I hope people appreciated that interview. If you haven't heard him call a game, seriously, listen to him call a game. It's It's so much fun. But I guess that wraps us up. If you want to follow us on anything at Stateside Show, also go to our YouTube or our TikTok. And I just did an unveiling of my Away Days mystery kit. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on that, watch it on either YouTube or TikTok uh, or Instagram at Stateside Show. And uh, you'll see who I got. Did you like it, Logan? Yeah, you I like can't it, believe you got? got a Chivas USA jersey. Like, that's insane to me. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're like, well, this is definitely an old <laughs> one. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that wraps us up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Hey, Jordan, don't forget to turn out the lights there, man. Oh, because I'm in the stadium. Yeah. I was like, uh, I turned them off after I'm done with my green screen. Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show, presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.